Sleepy Hollow is a place like no other. A place where the forces of good and evil collide for the fate of the world. Prophecies foretold witnesses destined to protect us all. But will they prevail? Armed with keen insight and the ability to see into dark realms, well, maybe, Karen and Jamie help decipher the witness prophecies. So, I'm Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Karen. And in this podcast, we're going to introduce ourselves and discuss Sleepy Hollow Season 1. And you might know me from the Chester's Mill Gazette. I've been with uh, Golden Spiral Media for quite some time over the summer. But Jamie's new to Golden Spiral Media, so I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself. Well, listeners, if you uh, listen to TV talk at all, you might have heard me doing Homeland last fall with Heath Sentazo. And I also have my own personal podcast about Hannibal called the Second Course Podcast. So we're not doing Homeland this fall, and Hannibal's on a hiatus. So I was asked to come over to Golden Spiral and talk about another show I love, Sleepy Hollow, and I jumped at the chance. Yeah, who wouldn't, right? Uh, You'd be stupid not to. I know. Sleepy Hollow is awesome. <laughs> it's a, one of my favorites. I know. It's great. So shall we jump right in and talk about season one? Maybe get some people up to speed? Yes, we should. We should. All right. So first of all, let's talk about the big, big, big bad. Yeah? Yeah. His name's Moloch. Yeah. It's crazy town. He wants he... to bring about the apocalypse. Yeah, he want, and, and he wants to make it happen beginning in Sleepy Hollow. I know. Now, I've always wondered what the deal is with crazy guys who want to bring about the apocalypse. Well, my interpretation of Moloch is that he's the devil and that he wants to bring hell back to Earth or bring hell to Earth and have a, a reign of terror and, and darkness that for him would be like heaven. Okay. So he doesn't want to end things. He just wants to make things evil so he can yes. have fun. Is that the deal? Yeah, I think he wants to have fun. Okay. So it, he wants not, to be like that that kind of purgatory, ramped up, but all over the place. Yeah, he wants everyone to be crazy and insane and feeding into him, right? Hmm. All powerful. Remember, he feeds off of fear. That's true. That's true. So I guess, you know, he feeds on fear. He's all powerful and he just wants everybody to be his minion. Is that the deal? Yeah. Hmm. Yes, he does want everyone to be his minion. Hmm. Much like uh, last season, uh, Andy, the police officer, was his minion. Yeah. Now, I doubt Andy's going to be back because he has his own show this fall. Oh. Selfie. Oh, really? Yes. Um, he might be on here and there, but he's going to be busy, John Cho. Yeah, and he'll probably be in another Star Trek movie. At I'm some guessing, point. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although he did manage to record, or not record, but um, film his Star Trek movie, Insurrection, last season when he was yep. doing Sleepy Hollow. He can do one or two things at the same time. He's proven himself to be pretty flexible. Um, he could probably do a couple guest appearances, but yeah. 
I'd be sad to see him go completely because I really liked his character. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Um, he was a creeptastic kind of halfway villain. Yeah, he was. He he didn't want to be bad, but wanted to be bad, was kind of towing the line the whole time, wished he could just be let free. Uh, it made him endearing to me. A little, yeah. Um, the episode where they were holding the Headless Horseman hostage, that's a mouthful, um, with the light yes. down underground, and he was translating because, you know, the Headless Horseman has no mouth. That was very telling about him that he he had to do it, but he didn't want to do it. And then, you know, he ended up freeing him. And then he had to also stop the Headless Horseman from killing Ichabod because Moloch had other plans. So, you know, he was torn between helping and then not helping and then stopping and and then pulling that that medallion out of his stomach. That was gross, too. Yeah, that was gross. And yeah. the whole time I was just wishing something would happen to his neck so that he just wouldn't look like that anymore. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Although it kind of went away when he turned into a bunch of bugs. Kind of. Kind of, yes. He still had a little scar thing there but ew the bunch of bugs was creepy enough it was hard for me to concentrate on <laughs> anything when he did that bugs creep me out me too i didn't like it at all uh, but, but then bugs... you know we had the zombie washington also in the same room so what to concentrate on you know the bug man or the zombie washington which one of these scary it's a hard it's a hard decision it is isn't it <laughs> it was pretty weird i think i'd run from the bug man before i'd run from zombie washington yeah i think so too i mean washington was a, a good man zombie washington i don't think he'd chomp my face right no i don't, I don't think he would either. i mean he doesn't have teeth to do it with so oh he had wonderful teeth remember they actually commented on it oh that's right that's true yeah. that that is true we are all wrong about that and he had made a lovely comment. teeth <laughs> which is actually true the story that, that he true. had wooden teeth was apocryphal, so. That is, that is Hey, true. one thing you'll notice, since we haven't podcasted together before, is that I use a lot of really big words. You so do. I do. <laughs> apocryphal being one. <laughs> I don't even know what apocryphal means. I feel so stupid. <laughs> apocryphal would mean a story that um, is told a lot, but is not true. Okay. So um, the story that he has wooden teeth is thought to be true because it is told a lot, but it is definitely not true. He did not have wooden teeth. He had lovely teeth. He did. He had teeth made of, um, I don't remember what, but uh, metals of some sort. Oh, I don't remember, okay. but it was not wood. He did not have wooden teeth. Okay. But he did have some type of tooth replacement? Yes. Okay. So you mentioned that the horseman was kept captive at one point underground, and that was an episode in which we found out who the horseman was. That is true, which was a huge reveal. It was big. Huge. Although it, not the biggest reveal in the series, but... Yeah, because there was another big one towards the end of the season. Yeah, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, the fact that he was... Ichabod's best friend at one point, Abraham. Yes, Crazy. Ichabod. And there was a little love triangle between Ichabod and Abraham and Ichabod's wife, Katrina. 
Yeah, that was a very tense episode. Yes, and we found out the whole reason he became the Headless Horseman is because he wanted to keep Ichabod and Katrina apart from each other. Right. So back when they were all still alive. Yes. And living in their own century, Abraham was pre-engaged to Katrina. Yes, they were supposed to get married. Right. And Ichabod had more of a connection to her. And so he wanted to marry Katrina, and Katrina wanted to marry Ichabod, and they kind of went about it behind Abraham's back. Which was kind of sneaky and not so nice. No, I not have at all. to say that. Abraham didn't take it so well. No, he didn't. No. And so he made a deal with Moloch to be able to, to, be, to, to come back and keep them separated, and eventually one day have Katrina for himself. Right. Now, mind you, that was after he was killed. While Ichabod and Abraham were on their way to send a missive from Washington to troops. Yes. And he was taken by the Hessians and the Hessians took him and um, I guess they used them for his own purpose, for their own purposes. And that's when he started wearing the mask And that's why Ichabod did not recognize him when he, quote, unquote, and I'm making air quotes, um, (laughs) shot him and then took off his head on the battleground. Correct. And it's important to know, to mention, why is Ichabod in the 21st century? Right. (laughs) There's there's, there's so many layers to this show. There is. (laughs) Well, first of all, when he dies on the battlefield, he and Abraham slash the Headless Horseman pretty much kill each other at the same time. And um, the Headless Horseman kills him with his axe. And I guess it's a, a mortal blow like to his chest. And they both die at the same time. And unbeknownst to his wife, their blood mixes on the battlefield. And his wife saves him, knowing that he is destined to be um, important in the future. And instead of, like, really, like, saving him, she puts him in some sort of stasis underground. And she does all this because, ladies and gentlemen, she is a witch. That's right. And, of course, he doesn't know she's a witch. There are many secrets she keeps from him. And it's uh, it's an interesting lot of secrets she has. One of them being she's a witch. There are other secrets, which, again, we'll yes. talk about. Yeah, we'll get to those. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she puts him underground, again, not knowing that he is connected to the Headless Horseman at this point. But she and a priest who is also part of a coven is that i believe so yes yeah i think so too um they know that he has a larger purpose and they decide they need to put him in the stasis so that in the future he will wake up and that he is a witness thus the title of our podcast the witness prophecies and um hopefully someday he will wake up and fulfill 
the prophecies that he is meant to fulfill. And he does wake up in the 21st century. He ends up getting arrested and taken to the local Sleepy Hollow Police Department, at which point we have our female lead, which is introduced to him, Abby Mills, played by Nicole Bahare. I hope I pronounced her name correctly. It's close to that, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure either. And she is another witness. She is. She is the other witness. She's had events take place all throughout her life that were supernatural and mystical. Her and her sister had experiences. One in particular when they were children with four white trees in the forest and being uh, Moloch exposing himself to the at that time and by exposing himself I don't mean in the dirty way I mean <laughs> I mean letting letting them know he exists and he was there and that kind of puts her on this path to become a cop and her previous sheriff that she worked under um, knew all about this yep. all about everything and he was killed off in the first episode and then she kind of has to figure everything out that he knew with Ichabod along the way. Ichabod, I keep calling him Ichabod. It's Ichabod. <laughs> I know. We know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, so yeah, so that's how she comes about becoming a witness and realizing it. And so her and Ichabod are fumbling through and finding clues and mysteries all along the way, and all the supernatural stuff is happening, and they're trying to stop the Headless Horseman. And they were also connected through time as well. Yes. Um, one of the other secrets that Katrina kept from Ichabod, and it was unintentional because she didn't know until after he was dead, was that she was with child. And um, she delivered that baby in a house that was owned by a man from another coven because her coven wanted Kick. to kill kicked... the baby, right? Yeah, they, they kicked her out. Yeah. And in that other house lived one of Abby's um, pre-sendents. She yeah. is a descendant of the woman who delivered Ichabod's baby. Yes. So they were connected all the way back there. And here's one of my nits. I'm going to I'm going to just say it right here and maybe you can <laughs> help me with this. Okay. Jeremy, who is Ichabod's son, and we'll discuss him in a minute. Um Jeremy killed the precedent. Yes, he did. Precedent. I think it's precedent. Precedent. Of Abby. Yes. So why is Abby here? He killed them. I don't them. know. He did kill them. I I don't know. Wasn't there an episode where Abby was stuck in the house and she was seeing she saw the them. past? Yeah. And didn't didn't someone get out? Didn't someone escape them? Escape her. Them? It was Abby who No, the the precedent. The precedent. Yeah. The ones who were given Jeremy and then Jeremy killed them in a house fire. That's right. He did kill them in the house fire. Hmm. So, so I'm guessing happy? that those people. I'm guessing that maybe it was they were like ants or something. I'm hoping that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, it's weird, but 
Jeremy killed them, and then, you know, Abby's mm-hmm. still alive. So I guess they were offset. Yes. Relatives. It's still yes. weird, though, right? It's weird. It's 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 a distant connection, but yeah. we're we're gonna forgive the writers. It's some sort of twisty connection, at least. Yeah. So, let's go back to Sheriff Corbin, though. Okay, I love Sheriff Corbin. Me too. Now he is a very handy connection in this show. Yes. You mentioned he died in the first episode. <laughs> yes. Which was unfortunate, because I love Clancy Brown. I I love him too. One of my very favorite character actors. If you've seen Highlander or yes. Carnival. Um, oh, I loved him in Carnival. I did too. He And he did he did a one episode of um Lost. Yes. Several that actually. I loved. Two yes, or three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He played the same guy in those episodes. Yep. Yeah. He was great in those that show. He was one of the Dharma guys that um traded places with mm, Des- Desmond. Desmond. Correct. He was he was also an American general or soldier that Saeed met up with yep. in Iraq. Yep. Yeah. And they he ended up going to Dharma, and then um, he tricked Desmond into taking his place, and he escaped the island. Yes. That's right, right? Yes. Am that I is getting right. that right? Okay, good. <laughs> but he was also the priest in Carnival, and he was one of the Highlanders in Highlander. So. Um, he's one of my very favorite actors. I just love him. And then when he died halfway through the pilot of Sleepy Hollow, I almost shouted at my TV, no! <laughs> um, but we did get to see him throughout the, the first season um, in flashbacks. And in, uh, I guess it would be flashbacks, but it's like on videotapes and things like that. And We hear his, we hear his voice a lot, too, in recordings. Yes. So he was part of the season, and also he was what TV Tropes calls the chess master. Yes. And he is a vehicle that gets characters together, that gives them clues by um, having materials that they have to keep referring back to in order to move the story along. Yes. And in that way, he is a very, very important tool throughout the season. And I'm guessing he will still be very useful in season two as well. I'm assuming so well as well, because he's the one that led them to the, the library underground mm-hmm. where they keep getting more and more information and they actually find more and more of his hidden writings and recordings. So, yep. And he I knows think about we- all the covens. He knows about the horsemen. Um, I'm guessing we'll learn about the other two horsemen and maybe more of the demons through him. So I'm guessing there's a lot more stuff there. Yeah, we'll see more of him. Not every episode, but we'll see more. Oh, of him. no, he, he won't be in every episode. But I'm guessing we'll see that, that library a lot. And yes. there's more things in that library than his materials. Um, there's a lot of... It looks like a lot of stuff that the police force has confiscated, but I'm not quite sure what that's all from. It looks like a bunch of antiques, but I don't know where it all comes from. You, you know what that library reminds me of? Hmm. It reminds me of the school library in Buffy. Oh, it certainly does. Doesn't it? Very much so. 
there's always a book that has something about some demon that they're chasing after yeah. that they can learn more about. A very handy <laughs> library book. Yes. Yes. Or or some kind of talisman or a a box with something in it exactly like Sleepy Hollow. Definitely. Yeah. I can see that being a tool in in season 2 as well. I yes. think they're going to have to come up with different things in this next season as well but i think they're gonna go back to that library also and also yes. there there are things in the cabin because yes. that was also sheriff corbin's cabin that um that ichabod is now living in so that's i think that's going to be a home base for them as well and jenny's spending a lot of time there also so. You you just mentioned Jenny, so we need to tell the audience who Jenny is. Yes, we do. That is Abby's somewhat estranged sister, who we mentioned before. Yes, we have. And the thing that's important to know about Abby and Jenny is that they were both uh, foster children. And they kind of were bounced around from house to house. And Abby lied about what she saw in the woods one day so that she wouldn't have to deal with all the troubles that her sister was dealing with. You know, it was hard enough being a foster child. And her sister was upset with her for doing that, for turning her back on her. And her sister was kind of in and out of jail during her adolescence and in and out of, uh, I guess, mental institutions and traveled the world. But all the while, while she was doing this stuff, she was working for Sheriff Corbin. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst going, to her sister. Yes. Going out and getting artifacts and talismans and, and different pieces of information to bring back to Sheriff Corbin. And also doing some shady business deals as well. Kind of a mercenary. Yes. On the, at the same time. And also, one of the things that we learned about her is that a lot of the things she was doing when she was getting in trouble with the law was in order to stay away from Abby because Sheriff Corbin brought out of her when she was possessed by the demon. I'm guessing it was Moloch that she was possessed by. Yes. Um, that she said that she was going to hurt Abby. And so she would get herself locked up or committed in order to not hurt Abby. And that was something we learned very late in the season. And, of course, that made Abby very guilty. Yes. But because Sheriff Corbin dies at the f in the first episode, we get a new sheriff, chief of police, who steps in. Mm -hmm. And that would be Captain Irvin. Who, yes. if if we were actually talking about the real Sleepy Hollow, would be the author of the book. But yes. since it's Sleepy Hollow, the show, and we're bending things a bit, he is the captain of the police force of Sleepy Hollow, played by Orlando Jones, who is awesome in his own right. And what's great about the fact that he has the name of the author is that the way his character was written all the first season, he's always seems like he knows what's going on in town or that he has some idea about this town, but maybe he doesn't. And he seems like he's finding things out all along this, the way, just as Abby and Ichabod are. So it's, it's interesting that 
he doesn't know, but he seems like he knows. Yeah, it's almost like he's on our side of the fourth wall. Right. We're seeing it through his eye. We're we're um he's unraveling the mystery like we are. That, yes. That's a very astute observation, sir. Well, thank <laughs> you very much. You. I agree with you 100%. Which which an author would do. They would they would unravel the story and they would know what's supposed to happen but really not know what's going to happen because they haven't written it yet. Exactly. That's very good. I like that. I never put that together. Yeah, that's, that's something I discussed with some friends last season, and they were like, oh, my God, mind-blown. It is, it is mind-blowing. <laughs> I like it. But, uh, but I, I like his character. I think um, he, he's a bit of a non-believer at first, but then eventually he becomes a bit a of a non-believer? <laughs> he is 100% a non-believer at first. Yes, um, yes. He actually hates the idea that anything could be happening. Um, and it is supernatural in any form. It takes his daughter getting possessed by a demon for him to really truly well, become a believer. Well, and to see, of course, the Headless Horseman. Yes. Crap. <laughs> he did see the Headless Horseman before that happened. Yeah. I um, think that was the turning point. <laughs> seeing yeah. a walking around person with no head. And also, um, wasn't it where he went to the lab to get the head? Yes. And then seeing the headless horseman kill his friend, the coroner, or the the not the coroner, he was, he was like, like a, a scientist or a yeah, he was like CSI a, kind of guy. C- yeah, that kind of person. Yeah, that wasn't fun. No. And seeing all those like axes come at him, and that was actually a pretty cool scene. It was kind of a matrixy scene. I don't know. I I like to see what's going to happen with his character because. Should we just reveal to the audience now what happens to him at the end of the season? No, we're going to talk about all those all at once. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Well, there's there's that. one more character we need to talk about. Well, there's and two. Th- there's two. Okay, Katrina. We'll talk about yes. her real quick. Okay. Um, Ichabod's wife, and I I vacillate on her because I like Abby and Ichabod, oh. and I'm not shipping them. I mean, I don't think they should be romantically involved. But I do like the bond they have together. And yes. I worry about Katrina and Ichabod because that's going to make a weird dynamic, I think. I mean, don't you understand, you understand what I I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying because Katrina is going to be like, well, why are you hanging out all this time with Abby? Right. I mean, what is, she's going to take that place, I feel like, if, if she lives in the same time period. And... And the thing is, is I love the the dynamic between Abby and Ichabod. Yeah. And honestly, I would love to see them get together. Would you romantically? I, I would love to see them get together romantically because they have that spark and there's something there already. There's almost something kind of like Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd and Moonlighting going before on. Before they the... started fighting in real life? Yes. Yes. Before they, <laughs> yes, before they started fighting in real life. There's always something kind of going on there like that. And... I don't know. I would like to see a TV show, and I'm just going to get on my soapbox here for a minute. <laughs> I would like to see a TV show where the female lead is African-American and the male lead, who is a Caucasian, get together and have a relationship. Yeah. It's been a long time since something like that happened. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen to happen forever. They could play around with it and see if it works and then decide, oh, no, we're just better as, you know, demon hunter friends. Now, the only... 
thing I see that would get in the way of that is that he's married. Yeah, to a woman who's supposed to be dead. Yeah, I know. The I the only way that can really happen is if Katrina really dies. And it's going to have to have some time. Yeah. Because the audience will go insane if they got together right away. That's the way they're going to get together, though. It's going to have to be that way. It's Katrina dies. For real. For real. And she's gorgeous, though, don't you? She's gorgeous. I'll give her, but I, I have a bigger crush on. I know, me too. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I like Abby more, but I really do like Katya Winter, who plays Katrina. Yes, me too. Um, I don't have anything against her at all. She's gorgeous. The character is lovely. I just, I like Abby so much. And I think Nicole and Tom. Just they really have a great relationship together on screen, off screen. I I really like them and the dichotomy between the two of them. She's so short <laughs> compared yeah. to him. Yes. He just towers over her. He and does. I I don't know. I just feel like he could pick her up in his hand. <laughs> you know? Um, put him well, put her in his pocket. <laughs> I want Abby to be his shoulder to cry on yeah. after after Katrina dies. I yeah. mean, not to say I want to see Katya Winter disappear anytime soon. Right. Well, but she I could want... still be like a link to them in the afterworld. Yes. She could. Sure. And be on the show and okay their relationship. Yeah. She could be like, you know what? I'm dead. You go be happy. Yeah. Now, I have to say in the finale, when the prophecy comes true and he has to sacrifice the other witness who happens to be Abby in order to take Katrina out of purgatory, Ichabod and Abby hug and they have a very tearful goodbye scene. Yes. And I, I get very emotional when I watch that. It's, it's touching that, that hug. And it's right there where you think, wow, that is a lot of emotion between those two characters. Yeah, I I left that scene last year when I watched it thinking he is going to get so much crap from Katrina for that hug yeah. after they well, leave Purgatory. Did you notice she looks at them? Yeah. In between, you know, the scene cuts from them hugging and he's holding her head, the back of her head to his chest. He's holding the back of her head and kind of pushing her face into his chest like comforting her and then it cuts to Katrina where she's looking at them and realizing the bond they have together now I'm totally overanalyzing the scene but uh, <laughs> and then it cuts back to them where he he pulls back a little bit and looks into her face and they have a an interchange and then they separate and he and Katrina walk through the portal and she has tears in her eyes as they cut back to her and that little cut back to Katrina is you know you can see her saying wow what a connection they have and what have I missed right and that is you know there's a bit of a foreshadowing sort of thing going on there I think the writers are gonna have a field day with a love triangle for a little while I know I just I don't know what they're gonna do there's a lot of people that don't like that because they are married oh Eh, whatever. A lot of, it's well, the 21st he is century. Married. I know he's married, but 
And I know she's dead technically, but she is in that I'm still alive. And she is alive now. Yeah, she's out of purgatory in the real world. Breathing, heart's beating, yeah. everything. So yeah. there is a bit of a an issue there. So we'll have to see how they resolve that. I, I honestly think they're going to keep Katrina and Abby and Ichabod are going to stay these witness partner sort of things, at least for this season. Now, they've laid it out so... and. Please, I'm crossing my fingers that this is true, that the witnesses are bonded for seven years. Yes. Now, let's hope that Sleepy Hollow will stay on the air for seven seasons, and Lord knows what will happen in those seven seasons. Well, I think if it gets the ratings it got last season, we're this season we're, we're guaranteed three and even maybe a four. Yeah. Um, if if the... This, this, series ratings continue as high as they did this last season i mean it was astronomical yes Um, we were talking before this podcast and then the last time we talked that this was supposed to be just a fill-in yeah because they were waiting for almost human to start right and almost human (laughs) fell flat yes it did and actually that was the podcast i was doing with kevin batchelder (laughs) Oh, yes, that one. I was kind of hoping that would go somewhere. But I also, I loved Sleepy Hollow, so I was happy that this one turned out okay. Um, But this took off like a shot. Oh, my, it was a huge hit. Huge. Uh, Not only, you know, ratings-wise, but virally. Yeah. Um, It was amazing. It was all over the place. And if it continues that way... It will probably be renewed for two seasons. That seems to be what they do with things that get ratings like this. Yeah. So they just, you know, go ahead and renew it for two seasons. I, I don't know why they didn't go ahead and do that. This season. I don't know why either. But it could have just been that it was one of those series that they weren't sure they were going to keep. And then they, they got surprised and they were just like, okay, we'll renew it. <laughs> and they just renewed it. Wouldn't it be great to be a, a a TV studio executive with millions upon millions of dollars? Be like, you know what? We'll just make a show, and we probably and won't throw keep it, it on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, Almost Human. I'm sure it had a pretty high budget, but this yeah. show, it has to have a high budget, right? I mean, the costumes and yeah. the special effects and. They're building lots of sets, so yeah, it could have just been one budget. that they threw. You would think it would be like a reality show that they would just throw on the air, right? Right, right, but exactly. Thank goodness they went ahead and took this one and put it on the air and took a chance on it because, thank you. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Yeah. It was thank a, you. A nice, you know, conflagration of whatever, and I don't know if I'm using that word right, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. That another one. one of those words. That one I'm reaching for. Okay. Um, okay, so last character. Henry Parrish. Wow. Okay, and I'm going to play something here. Right? Right. Am I right? Henry Parrish is not who we think he is. No, not at all. And not, He's... not even the first thing that no. we don't think he is. Exactly. It's crazy. He he's played by John Noble, which is great. I love John Noble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When they announced he was going to be on the show, I was like, "Awesome." 
How Can We Lose with John Noble. Sweet, right. amazing John Noble. And then I was afraid he was just going to be, you know, a guest appearance guy on a couple episodes. Right, which is what they announced. He's going to be on two episodes. Right. That's exactly what they announced, two episodes. He's introduced as this guy named Henry Parrish, who is a sin eater. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of excited about his last name because it's the same as mine, spelled the same. And exactly, hardly ever, right? <laughs> hardly ever see that. I was like, maybe, maybe the parishes have something in history that maybe I'm a sin eater. And you were going to learn <laughs> something, right? Right, exactly. So but, uh, sin eater, and he's enlisted to come and separate Ichabod from the Headless Horseman by taking the Headless Horseman's blood and separating it from Ichabod so that right. if... The Headless Horseman dies, Ichabod won't die. Correct. And the way, he, the way he does it is really gross, too. I know. With the little sponge, and then he eats it, or it's bread. Yeah. Or whatever, and then he eats it. With the black it's liquid. Ugh. Ugh. And we think, well, you know, he'll be useful because he can show them visions of past things and he can take away sin. Okay, cool. They can use him for other stuff, right? Yeah. But then he disappears for like three or four episodes. Yep. And then they call him back yep. for some other stuff in order to show him a vision of something else. And then he stays because there's a golem. Yes. And he tells them a lot of stuff about this golem. And it turns out that that golem was a toy at one point. That's right. That was... Henry's toy as a boy. Jeremy's toy as a boy. Yes, because Henry is Jeremy. I know. Jeremy Crane, the the (laughs) baby. Sorry. (laughs) The baby that Katrina was trying to protect from her coven that she had to give away. Yep. And it turns out that Henry is Jeremy. Yes. That he burned down the house that was owned by the precedence of Abby that he lived in because they thought he was a demon spawn. And then he was taken by these four chanters that belonged to some other coven and they thought he was also demon spawn, so they stopped his heart and they buried him in the ground. And then he got free because he made a deal, and we're not going to talk about the deal for a second. No. He got free, and he... Is this when he had the golem? Or No, he had the golem before then when he was a kid. Right. He had and the, he, the... he made the golem into a human. Right, like this big, giant, clay, muscular, weird, demon-y-looking kind of humanoid thing. Yep. And uh, we're not going to talk about the Gollum. That's a whole episode. Go and watch that if you want. Yeah. But um, he came up from the ground, and he lived a life near the present day because he's the age of John Noble, and he was the Sin Eater. That was part of his powers as a warlock. And he took this persona on, and I guess he knew about these prophecies, and he was just waiting for Ichabod to rise because his fate was linked 
to the Headless Horseman mm-hmm. and Moloch. And he knew that Moloch had his mother imprisoned in purgatory. And the deal he made with Moloch was that he was... What? One of the... One of the horsemen. That's right. And at the end, the very end of the season finale, he says, yes, I came up out of the ground before, before you even started this whole thing. And I am the horseman of war. And he says, I will get back at you. And he prisons. He, okay, here's the deal. When we end up at the end, right? So let's, let's talk about where everything ended because this is, Henry Parrish yeah. puts this whole thing into motion because they think they're going to stop the next horseman from coming, you know, and, and manifesting himself. But Henry Parrish came up from out of the ground years ago. Yes. And he was just waiting to jump on everything. And little did they know that he was just waiting for all this to happen. And he gets them out into the forest and he jumps on all this. So... Go ahead and tell them how it all ends up. Well, he reveals it all to Ichabod. Ichabod ends up in a grave in the ground, right? Yep. Karmic. Right? Ichabod has to leave Abby behind in purgatory to bring Katrina out. Mm-hmm. And I'm forgetting what happens to Katrina. She's in Abraham's hands. Yep. She's Abraham given off to Abraham. Yep. And Captain Irving, he's in jail because his daughter was possessed by a demon and killed a priest and a police officer, and he takes the blame for it. Yep. And Jenny ends up in a car crash. Yep. So all of our heroes and heroines of this story are in some state of disarray or or they're in a catastrophic situation yeah and none of them can save each other no and the two horsemen are riding together yeah it was the craziest finale i've ever seen it was so out of left field i never saw it coming like you usually can see certain things coming no my mouth was a gape and for like 15 minutes. It wasn't just that, you know, one thing happened and it was a twist. It was like Henry Parrish is their son and he's one of the four horsemen and Captain Irving's in jail. Abigail's in purgatory. Jenny's in the car crash. Um, and Ichabod's <laughs> in the ground. Ichabod's in the ground. Katrina's taken away by... Abraham, who is the headless horseman, who is also, you know, the the horseman of death. Um, yes. I mean, no one can save each other. You know, they can't nope. get out of any. No one can get out of doing. How how are they going to get out of any of this? And I was, you know, I was running around the house going, how, how, how? And then they said, well, wait till September. And this was like, what, April? Yeah, no, it was like January. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, now we're down to like, what, a week or so? Yeah, we only got a few days left to find out how it all starts to unfold. And it's hard to believe we're this close, but I can't wait. <laughs> you know, it's been a really long time. I'm 
I'm psyched. I'm pumped. I am too. It's crazy. And uh, it's like I just watched it for the first time yesterday, but it's also like it's been a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it hasn't been that long, but wow. It's, I'm I'm excited just talking about it, as you could tell. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm pumped. I I just, I want to know, like, who's going to be the one to set the saving of everybody in motion? My 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 cards are on Katrina. Do you think? Well, she's the only one not in the ground or in purgatory or bit, probably ending up in the hospital or in jail. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know. Uh, it, maybe, it's so hard to predict anything. Maybe Jenny and Katrina get together. I don't know. I have no idea. I know. It's the first time I haven't been able to even come up with a a solid theory about what is going to happen. You know, I can I can theorize and and say, well, maybe, well, maybe, well, maybe, but none of them are even halfway solidified for me. No. It's just like, oh, well, maybe. <laughs> But I can't. I can't really put my finger on it. They're they're gonna come up with something that I'm never gonna see coming, I think. Because this the last episode was just so out of left field for me. And it's the first time that has happened to me since Fringe. I think maybe the one show that did this to me would have been Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like at the end of every yeah. season, I'm like, how? What are they gonna do next? How right. are we gonna f- fix that? Right. You know. So, um, yeah, there's been a few, although not even this drastic. Yeah. I mean, that was that was a a bit of a conundrum every season, but this was this was Ridiculous. just like head turning every single second of that last half hour. The the only other season finale last season that got the same reaction from me was the season finale of Hannibal. Because hmm. at, at the, I don't know if you watch it, but at the end of that season, everyone's either stabbed and bloodied on a floor uh, waiting for cops or ambulance to show up or they've been thrown out a window. Yeah. And, and Hannibal just is walking down the street and getting on a plane. Yeah. Well... And just a few episodes before then, one of the really beloved characters was killed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also person of interest, um, everybody had to go separate ways with new identities and the machine that they had been using in order to identify threats was shut down. So the whole premise of the show was blown apart. Oh, wow. And that was also... You know, like, what are they going to do? But at least, you know, they're all alive and walking and, you know, they can come back together. <laughs> it's just, you know, how are they going to do it? It's not supernatural in any way. No. Um, but this is just... <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. So, okay. Yes. Now let's talk about some stuff. I know this is like a uh, sort of. Um, it's fine. It's fine. We we've been talking about that for a while, so we gotta move on. Thing, yeah. Um. Here. <laughs> let's let's move on. Um. <laughs> we're gonna talk about some stuff that is happening 
in the real world that has connections to the show, and the links will be in our blog post. There are some comics coming out from Boom Studios. They're putting out um, in hard copy and also digitally a four-issue Sleepy Hollow miniseries, and they will be set during the show's first season, created by Marguerite Bennett and George Coelho. They arrive October 15th, and each issue will also feature a backup story written by Noelle Stevenson. And mm. also, I know that the artwork is amazing, too. Um, that is, um, there's a, an article on Hollywood. The link is on our blog post, Hollywood something. <laughs> I put it on there. I just can't remember what it is. Um, let me check Hollywood, the Hollywood reporter. Um, it's an article and it also has samples of the artwork. So if you go to that link, you'll see it and it's really great. Um, but also available now, and this is all digital and they're prologues that give a little backstory to each of the characters and they're on Boom Studios, Facebook page and their Tumblr page. And And those, will those links be in the blog post as well? They will be. Okay. Um, I put links to those as well, but they are facebook.com forward slash sleepy hollow and then boomstudios.tumblr.com. Um, they're written by Bad Robots Mike Johnson and art by Mateus Vegara. I can't pronounce that very well, but um, it's spelled B E R G A R A. Um, and they take place prior to the first season and in Ichabod's case, very prior. Um, in his regular time. Okay, so in so, his century. Correct. In um, revolutionary times. But there are backstories and there's a little more fill-in information about the characters. And um, available now are Abby and Ichabod. And there's going to be some more character stuff coming out before the premiere. So, again, those links will be in our blog post. But... Um, just look for those Boom Studios on their Facebook page and Tumblr page. And that's pretty exciting. Some some comics and a lot of nerds. And I include myself in that. <laughs> so it's definitely not a slur of any sort. A lot of nerds watch this show and also read comics. So that's it's great news, I think, that they're putting out comic books. Um, and I'm guessing there'll be other comics if these do well. So. Yeah, it's it's a lovely tie-in, and I think any way you can build your audience or bring in other people that might not have seen the show, you got to do it. Definitely. You know? And you know. if you could sell comics, I'm all for selling comics too. I love comics. Me too. I love them. <laughs> so we've we've talked a little foreshadowing, but what do you think we're gonna see in this season? Do you think we're gonna see more of the Horsemen? I think. This season's going to start off with the bad guys. They're going to get a lot of wins at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's going to be something that happens kind of like maybe four or five episodes in that's like a turning point where the good guy is going to start taking the advantage back. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to see... I don't know if we'll see the third and fourth horsemen by the end of this season because if they do get a chance to tell a story over the seven seasons that they'd like to tell it to. I think it would be better to hold off on the other two horsemen showing up. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see the Horsemen of War and the Horsemen of Death wreaking a little bit of havoc in Sleepy Hollow and 
can we call them the Scooby Crew? Can we? <laughs> sure. Are they the, are they the new Scooby Crew? The gang. The new gang. Sure. Uh, they're going to find some way mid season to start, you know, taking the mask off that that guy, and he's going to say, "If it wasn't for you, pesky kids." <laughs> I would have gotten away with it, too. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> so do you think that's going to be Moloch? Um, or do you think it's just going to be one of the horsemen? I I actually think there might be a division between the horsemen and Moloch because Henry Parrish, you know, Jeremy, uh, seemed so vindictive and hateful at the end of season one and we also know that he's a pretty powerful warlock. I think he might have some bigger ideas in his head about who he is. And I think we might see a little bit of division between the horsemen and, and, and Moloch because of Henry Parrish and who he is. I think that might be a weakness for him. Yeah. Is his, um, his personal vendetta. Yeah. Is going to be something that gets him into trouble. So, I mean, we, we already know that Abraham, a.k.a. the Horseman of Death, a.k.a. the Headless Horseman, has his own personal vendetta, and he was stopped from carrying it out by Moloch. And that was a weakness of his as well. So, right. Yeah, I'm thinking that that's going to be a running theme. Throughout the season. Yeah. yeah. And I think all all of the big bads are going to have some sort of a connection to the characters. Whether it be, you know, um, Irving or Jenny or, you know, someone in yeah. the show. And it, it might be Moloch using those big bads to get to those people to keep them from working together. Mm-hmm. And Much like our season. We also have other demons, not just Moloch. Um, we'll talk about that in other podcasts, but they've hinted at the fact that there are other demons that are out there. Moloch is one branch of these demons that will be wreaking havoc on Sleepy Hollow. So the Four Horsemen are simply minions of this one demon, and... Um, that will be part of the seven seasons as well. So we have lots of material to take from coming up. I can't wait to delve in. I know. It's going to be insane. I want to tell the audience about something that we plan on doing each This week. was brilliant. Okay. I loved this idea. And so we, we all know that Ichabod Crane is a man out of place in time. Yep. And we all we all know that an anachronism is something or someone in a movie or a film that is out of place in time. I'm so, so excited fi- about this. <laughs> so I figured we could have the anachronisms of the week. And here's an example of what one of those would be. There was the Paul Revere episode where Ichabod pointed out that Paul Revere would have never said the British are coming, the British are coming, because at the time they all thought of themselves as British. He would have said the regulars are coming, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there was also an example when he was looking at a Starbucks receipt early on, and he said something about a 6% levy on this drink. That, that, that's outrageous. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, He's like, this is exactly why we fought the revolution, so we wouldn't have to pay these kinds of taxes. Right. Taxation without representation. Yes. Yeah. And then the biggest one, his, My favorite when he, one. 
when he when he when he mentioned the aversion to modern clothing, he said, and I'm going to do it in a British accent. It's going to okay. sound bad, but <laughs> it's all right. One sign of the impending apocalypse is certainly skinny jeans. I love it. <laughs> One of my very favorite quotes. So if you can make some of those up and tweet them to our, our uh, Twitter account, which we'll let you know about in a few minutes here, or you can uh, you know, send us some feedback about them, or if you have something that he said during the week in the episode, you'll be able to tweet them to us, and we'll mention them on, on air. Yep, those will be our running things for each episode, our anachronisms of the week, which I love. And that's <laughs> totally Jamie's idea. And uh, he came up with that tonight just right off the top of his head, and I was so excited about it. So Someone loves my ideas. It's true. I love his ideas. So that's going to be great. And it can be, you know, your favorite anachronism from the show, or it can be something funny that you've made up based on the show and we'll you know mention it in the show maybe give you a shout out not maybe give you a shout out really give you a shout out from whatever feedback you send it via um, and what we're going to do is give you that information right now yes uh, <laughs> so our feedback info and our deadline this week because we have some other conflicting things for a week or so our deadline is going to be Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern next week. And our phone number is 304-837-2278. You can also go to goldenspiralmedia.com forward slash feedback. And there you can send us text. Um, you can upload an audio file or you can use SpeakPipe right on that site to record your voice and send us talkity talks. And on Twitter... We are at Witness Prof. That's W I T N E S S P R O P H G S M. So Witness Prof G S M. I know it's a mouthful, but it's the only thing I could get. So follow us there. And I am at Elevaria. And you are? I am at Second Course PC. That's the number two ND course PC. Or uh, I have another one called At One With Beard. That's um, O-N-E with beard. So the first one is with the two, second yes. course PC. And the second one is one with beard. Yes. So the first one is with the two, and the second one is with the O-N-E. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm weird. I know. And, no, that's okay. I'm weird, too. And please become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook. You can find us by typing in Golden Spiral Media. You can also leave feedback there because we monitor that daily, minute by minute. Um, <laughs> there's yes. always someone on there. Um, we also post our podcasts there. And people are always there to talk to you and get your feedback and things like that. And um, we are a Golden Spiral Media podcast. Our website is goldenspiralmedia.com. There is an Amazon.com link on our website, and if you use it to purchase anything, a portion of that sale will help us to fund our site, and you won't pay a penny extra. If you want to subscribe to any Golden Spiral Media podcast in iTunes, go to the goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes webpage, and you'll be able to see a lovely page with all of our podcasts. 
Uh, and it, even an all-inclusive feed, if you'd rather get the package deal, in air quotes. <laughs> and it's not a nasty package. It's it's a very nice package. It actually, yes. it you can see every single one of our podcasts all in one feed, and you can listen to whichever you like. Um, you don't have to download all of them. You can just see them. Um, that is actually what I do. I just say see all available podcasts, and I listen to the ones I like, which are the Arrow podcasts, the Flash podcasts. I don't listen to the podcasts I am on because I know what they say already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I do listen to a lot of them and stuff I learned yesterday and things like that. And also, so there's lot, lots of great podcasts. Yes, there's lots of great podcasts. We have a lot of them. I'm, I was a fan before I started Talkity Talk for us. Um, and I've said talkity talk twice, and that is annoying. Um, <laughs> help us keep these podcasts free by supporting us at www.patreon.com, Golden Spiral Media, and donate what you like. And there's a lot of information there, and there's some cool stuff. It's kind of like the PBS stuff where you get special mugs and T-shirts and stuff like that. So I'm going to tell you right now. We got some spoilers already for the first episode. So if you do not like spoilers, we will talk to you next week. Go away now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> and I'm going to play some music. All right. Okay. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. You want to take the first one? Sure, I can do that. Okay. We're, we're going to pick up immediately after all the events of the season one finale. Um, Ichabod is finding himself trapped in the coffin. Abby's in purgatory. Ichabod's wife has been kidnapped by the Headless Horseman. Of course, Frank Irving is in jail, as we've already said. Abby's sister's in the wreckage of a car crash. And these events are all due in part to the shocking revelation that Henry Parrish, the trusted friend of Ichabod and Abby, is actually Ichabod and Creech's, Katrina's son, the second horseman of the apocalypse. Now, with his emergence as the horseman of war, alongside with the headless horseman, Sleepy Hollow's never been so close to destruction, and so the season premiere is going to be called This Is War. So they've set the stage... <laughs> I love my soundboard. <laughs> it's great. I love it too. They've set the stage. All of our soldiers are hurt and licking their wounds, and the enemy is on the march. That's right. And we have another summary, which has come a little later. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to play my axe sound effect. And uh, episode one, which again is called This is War. It's written by Mark Goffman and directed by Ken Olin. Um, Ken Olin is a very prolific director. You can look him up. But um, he was on 30-something, a very well-known guy, and uh, done a lot of really good stuff. So in Sleepy Hollow, it would seem as though the status quo has been restored. And we know this because if you happen to look things up, and um, spoiler TV has a lot of these things there are pictures for the first couple of episodes 
and immediately everybody is free. <laughs> I don't know how they get free. But in the first episode, Abby and Ichabod are out. They're looking for things. And I don't know how they get free, but there they are in pictures. So the status quo has been restored, but things in the formerly quaint town are never truly as they appear. Even now, how Crane managed to escape being betrayed and buried alive by his son, Jeremy, a.k.a. Henry Parrish, a.k.a. the newly minted horseman of war, or how Abby freed herself from purgatory remains a mystery. Even to them. <laughs> I love this soundboard. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're having way too much fun That's with that. That's terrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know, when we start to talk about the police, I can use my hand. What appears certain, however, is that while both Katrina and Jenny have apparently been lost, the two witnesses have not abandoned their quest to fight tirelessly against Moloch and his minions. Meanwhile, Moloch's malevolent forces use all the powers at their disposal in an attempt to locate a key once belonging to founding father Benjamin Franklin. Hmm, I like Benjamin Franklin. Me too. It'll be nice to see him. You know how Benjamin Franklin died? From some sort of venereal disease? Yep. <laughs> Syphilis? I think, I think he was found in a, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was found in a tub in France, completely naked, and it was a lady friend's tub. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that is true. He He's pretty notorious for things yeah. like that. <laughs> but you know what? Good on him, I say. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind dying like that. Although, you know, with a man friend, that sort of thing. After I get divorced from my husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I love my husband very much. Please do not say anything to him. Um, <laughs> Your secret is safe with me. Okay, good. Um, so the key is capable of unlocking the gates of purgatory. Now, see, I thought they already knew how to get to purgatory. but Me too. Apparently, this is some different way. This lets them go in and out whenever they please. Oh, okay. So it's a key that is a, like a doorway that swings no matter when. Yes. I would say swings both ways, but that means something else, right? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who's in purgatory. Yeah. So after using his unique skills on an unanticipated prisoner, the sin eater, Henry Parrish, discovers a clue which points him in the direction of the valuable artifact. But Crane is intent on finding it first. While in purgatory, Moloch works to raise a demonic army in preparation for his invasion. But those who would prevent the Horde's advent get help from an unexpected source. Meanwhile, we learn that Jenny and Katrina are both still alive, though each is being held prisoner for vastly different reasons. And Crane takes the inadvisable action of re-entering purgatory in order to fulfill a promise. Ah. And see, I'm assuming that means he's going to go try and get yeah. someone out. Uh, I'm thinking Abby. Well, Abby's out, but okay, maybe to um, free her soul forever or something. I don't know. Or maybe to save Katrina forever. Who knows? Something like that. Something like that is going to happen. Yeah. Hmm. Craziness. 
Ichabod's got to give up on Katrina, man. Yeah. Shush. <laughs> I love my soundboard so much. I didn't realize you, I didn't realize you were Katrina's spokesperson. <laughs> no, I like Katrina. I'm just saying, uh, you know. I, know. I don't know that I, I like the three of them all being alive at the same time, but I like her. <laughs> That's terrible, right? <laughs> Very terrible. Okay. So anyway, guys, that's it for us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, That's all we have. Yeah. Until next week. That's right. And next week is the premiere. And hopefully by next week, we will have some sort of a song here to play. But On their way out. Right now, Mr. Daryl, who is in charge of everything, is in Hawaii, laying on the beach, having fun. And talking about Lost. Yeah, which is awesome. I would love to be there. Yeah. So we're just going to say bye, everyone. And we're excited. And we hope you are, too. And we can't wait to talk to you guys about Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I can't wait to talk next week about it. Yep. Hear what so, you Jamie, think. So, Jamie, I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. Yay. Yay. Best friends forever. Maybe for a little while. Oh, I'm not, I, I can't commit to I can't commit to forever just yet. <laughs> but I love all your ideas. Okay. BFF. Okay, good. <laughs> you can have more than one. So we're all best friends. You and me and the audience. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs>